Welcome to Build Your A-Team, a podcast powered by Millspec Talent, where we educate small business owners on how to attract, recruit, and retain high-impact, low-ego talent. I'm your host, Freddie Kim, founder of Millspec Talent. I'm a West Point grad, former Green Beret, Kellogg MBA, and most importantly, I'm passionate about championing the value and leadership of veteran 2.0s in our workforce. Today, I will be talking to Zach Payton. He's also a fellow 2004 West Point grad. He he served as an intel officer in the Army for five years and and deployed. And now he is the co-founder of Superior Fence and Rail Franchising. And he's they've they've exploded in growth, exploded in growth. Recently, he also had a sale to a private equity firm of the franchising uh, franchising company. So, yeah, very excited to have you, Zach. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on, Freddie. Looking uh, looking forward to hanging out for an hour. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, same here. So, so how is life after the sales? Of last year, uh, right? December? Yeah, it was. So we uh, we started the process back in um, July of last year. Um, my partner and I decided that um, we had taken the business to a certain point, um, and we were really interested to see what what options we had out there to to part partner with uh, folks to take it to the next level. Um, so uh, we went through a, a pretty quick process, I think. Um, especially with the, with the size of the deal that we did. Um, but we ended up with, uh, a group, uh, called outdoor living brands. Um, they're a a franchise aggregator, um, you know, a great, great group out of Richmond, Virginia. Um, they're, they're, uh, they were acquired by a company called Lynx franchising, um, who, who is private equity owned. Right. Mm. So, at this stage in the game, um, Lynx and OLB or Outdoor Living Brands are going to combine together and rebrand as as one platform company. Mm-hmm. And the the goal there is to to have you know, ten, if I don't know, fifteen to twenty probably ultimately franchise concepts under one platform, so that guys like me who you know founded a successful franchising business um, have a have a a you know, a shared services group that I can access for everything from marketing to IT to finance. Um, and we can see a lot of efficiencies across the platform mm. uh, to, to, you know, to help enable our growth and uh, and to bring value to our franchisees. So life after the sale has been great. You know, I've, I've been in the fence business for 13 years and we started franchising five years ago. And uh, it's been sort of this continuum of growth and evolution and I was holding on to some really weird things that I was doing uh, just, you know, because I'd been the business owner, I'd been the small business owner for 13 years. Mm. Um, so I used the the sale as a chance to divest myself from, you know, anything that was unrelated to me being the band, the brand president of Superior Fence and Rail. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's helped me focus um, my time on, on just growing the business and, and, uh, and bringing value to our franchisees. Um, and, and we are growing and I, and I think we're, we're bringing value to our franchisees every single day. Um, so yeah, we've, we've gone from when we started franchising, we had multiple locations already. 
my partner in franchising started 20 years ago um, and, and moved from Atlanta to, to back home to Orlando and, and purchased a small fence company and rebranded it to Superior Fence and Rail. Yeah. So um, over the 2000s, he expanded to, uh, I think, five more locations that operated under trademark and license agreement. Um, I was the last of those locations. But then in 2017, we started franchising. So we've gone from six locations to 66 is the number right now. We are 66 locations. I, 66. I, I saw 48 on your website, but it's actually 66. So we, we have around 48 uh, open and operating right now. We're mm. going to we're going to and then we have, well, we have I guess we have 44 open mm. and operating right now. Um, you're seeing some of the, the folks who are getting ready to open published on to the, the website. So we have 44 fully operational, 22 um, somewhere in the price line uh, or somewhere in the, the process of just signing the agreement to getting ready to open. Um, I think we're going to launch uh, like six or eight over the next month. Jeez. And then we have another, another training class in September. So we'll have another big launch in October which will include a launch in San Diego. So we, it, it just happened while I was on vacation last week. Um, I got the, the note while I was uh, floating on a boat in the, in the Bahamas that we were, we were officially coast to coast, right? So we signed San Diego, California last week. Um, we have got what, you know, looks to be a fantastic team um, getting ready to rock and roll on San Diego. So I'm, I'm super excited about our growth um, and, and what we've got going on. So. Zach, so so you were able to get the news that you Superior Fence and Rail franchising is coast to coast while you were floating on a boat, yeah, somewhere in the Atlantic or the Pacific, and about, that means about you, twenty you, miles north of the Bahamas. That, <laughs> that, that means you must uh, you must have a hell of a team that knows what they're doing to have all of these systems and processes down when you're gone. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and. It, yeah. Well, that's what we're here, we're here to talk about and do a deep dive on. Um, I was going to ask you how, how your personal life was after the sale, but all right, floating in a boat 20 miles north of Bahamas, I got you. It's got okay. You. It's not going yeah. bad. <laughs> Very cool. So um, ex- let's let's – can you just walk us a little bit? I know it's a, it's a, it's a bit confusing for folks who just uh, – who don't know you. You first – purchased a or you just joined a superior fence and rail location you owned that location in jacksonville but somehow you converted that to a franchising concept yeah so when i got started in 2009 i had just got out of the army and um i was looking for something to do i had i had tried to come to uh orlando to get into construction um with a buddy of mine from from school but um getting into construction in orlando um, or in Florida, just in general, in 2008 or 2009 was not uh, not 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 the not the best timing mm. uh, to join a to join a firm. So I had actually moved to to New York, and I was living in Schenectady, New York, working for General Electric. And my buddy called me and said, "Hey, my brother and his partner want to expand their fence business into Jacksonville, Florida, and they need somebody to help them run it." So we opened this location that I'm sitting in right now, actually in this office that I'm sitting in right now, 13 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and I was the operating partner. So I had two partners who lived in Orlando 
and they were both running their locations of Superior Princeton Rail, and then I owned half the business, and I and I operated the business on a day to day basis. After three years, I bought them out of the business. Right? I just I you know I didn't uh, see the value in having partners far away. You know, and I was I was doing all the work basically. So um, so I I bought them out of the business um, in 2012. And then we made the decision to start franchising in 2016. Um, Chris, who was, you know, one of my former partners came back to me and he said, Hey, you're out of all the superior fence and rail locations right now. Your, your location is the biggest. It's operating the, the most efficiently. You have great processes, a great team. So, Hey, let's, let's use that as the basis of our, of our franchise concept and, and start franchising. So we hung that shingle in 2017 and started franchising. So. Awesome. So let me dive in 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 those years from 2012 to 16 when you your location Jacksonville just exploded and outperformed all the other branches. How 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 are you successful during those years? You know, I I I I've got to give a little bit of credit. Um, you know, never in my wildest dreams that I think that majoring in information systems engineering would make me successful in business. Um, but, but that was a big part of it. Um, you know, our business didn't have, um, our industry, the fencing industry does not have a technology backbone built into it. Right. There, we're one of the first companies who have scaled nationally. There's a few companies who have scaled nationally in the in the temporary fencing mm-hmm. market, right? So, like, if there's a construction project going around, and you see the ratty looking chain link fence around it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we call temp fence or temporary fencing. Um, so, there's national companies in that space, uh, but there's no national fence contractors um, to speak of. Where we we are the first one. Um, so, and part of the reason why is there's no technology backbone there. You know, there's national pest control companies. There's, there's plenty of those. You know, there's national HVAC contractors. They all have a technology platform. I, I always use the, the pest control industry as a as an example. There's this there's this industry standard software that everybody uses called Pest Pack. Like you start your your pest control business, you use Pest Pack. So we didn't have that. So I had to build out the IT systems and you know my knowledge of shareholders and and process and everything that I learned at West Point. That that was helpful. Um, and then just being a good leader, right. In the construction industry that I think there's a, you know, especially in the trades, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, a lot of good craftsmen, but not a lot of good leaders and businessmen. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know. I think I had to earn my way, you know, after many years to, to say like, Hey, I'm good at business. Uh, but you know, I, I think coming out of the box, um, out of the army, out of West point, um, and being a good leader and, and basically just caring about people as much as I care about myself or right. sometimes more than I care about myself, right. um, I think is what, what helped me build the team initially. Um, and, and I always had a big vision for where I wanted the, the business to go. Right. I always wanted to be the, the leader of North. Like I, I wanted to have the biggest and best fence company in North mm. Florida. That was always my goal. And when I would sit down with people, the, the best people that I would sit down with, um, would get excited when I would talk about it. Cause mm-hmm. I always get excited talking about my business and, and where I see it going. And my, I think my ability to share that vision with prospective candidates and get them excited about it and where we were going. I think that that always helped me, you know, like, like I said, with the very best people, they would get excited too. 
And then we'd both be excited and be like, all right, well, let's go get some work done, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah. Uh, osmosis. Uh, uh, cool. So you actually, it's, it sounded like you had to, you know, really figure out your, your value proposition, what made you unique in the marketplace. I mean, I mean, I started, this is, you know, year four of Millspec Talent and uh, we had to really figure out what makes us different. And when I think of superior fence and rail, I think about superior, you know, service, professional fence installations, professional crews, that entire customer journey. Did you have to figure that out or was that kind of, was that already given to you when you started? No, I mean, there, there wasn't much, uh, you know, rhetoric or substance, right? When I got started, it was just sort of like, Hey, this is, this is us. We're just another fence company in town. Right. Um, we, we had some rhetoric, but what, what, what I think, you know, I figured out over the years is that, um, you know, putting together a professional team, um, you know, who's dedicated to first class customer service and delivering high quality fence products. Those were sort of the three legs of what I figured out was our major value proposition to our customers. And, you know, go out shopping for home services. You're going to find every single contractor at some point talks about, you know, you know, Hey, this is, you know, we, this is who we are. We care about quality. We care about customer service and all that. Everybody says the same thing, but, but whether or not they deliver on that is, is I think the major differentiator. And so we don't have any shtick. I, you know, I interview franchise candidates uh, sometimes every day, you know, certainly every week. And uh, they ask, they'll ask me the question like, well, why superior? Why, why, you know, and I tell them like, Hey, we don't have like the next day install or, Hey, we're going to get your fence installed quicker and better or faster. Hey, yay. You know, I don't have the shtick, you know, all we have is the substance behind the rhetoric. So when we say, Hey, we're going to deliver quality products. We, we, we mean it. We make sure that our, our products are, are vetted, you know, and meet ASTM standards. Um, you know, that, that, you know, we're not just buying, you know, anything from Alibaba, you know, and importing it in and just like hoping that the, the folks overseas are following standards. No, like we, we, our manufacturers have to meet strict guidelines and, and we, we vet them to make sure that they're, that they're doing that. Um, you know, we, we have professional teams um, and, and we're committed to a high level of customer service. So we we're tracking on almost 10,000 um, reviews right now, system wide. I think we're going to hit that mark. Um, I think in November, mm. Um, and uh, with a 4.7 wow, rating. Congratulations. That's amazing. 10,000, 4.7. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's, it's substantial. Like you, you, you know, and if you look at Jacksonville, we're, we're leading the way because I've been doing it for 13 years. It's always been important to me. We've got almost 3000 of that, you know, so I'm really bringing everybody up to, to, to my standards of what I've created here in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm regardless of the fence market that they're in. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and one of the main things that we have to coach is, and I've been pounding this drum lately because we've got a lot of new people coming in and I'm, and I'm, I am pounding my drum like, Hey, when you're starting your business, your first few hires are the most critical hires that you're going to make ever. Right. These are the, the nucleus. They're the core of your company. They're going to help you establish the culture they're going to help you establish the brand in your area. Mm. So, so be picky and, 
you know, if you have to overpay, overpay, I don't, whatever you've got to do, get the very best people to, to help you right away and build your team around those people. Cause that's, that's, you know, that I can, I can see the difference between two locations who are operating and one tried to get, uh, you know, people at or below the market level and another one, you know, um, went out and hired well, mm. um, or maybe one just hired better than the other. And they're both paying about the same. Um, it's night and day yeah. between how those locations initially operate. No, that that's, that's like, that's, that's pearls of, of wisdom right there. Build out your nucleus first and, and make sure you have the right people. So shifting from, you know, where you were where, before you started the franchising concept, you guys grew from six to 66 now locations in a matter of about four or five years what were what what's what was the secret of scaling so quickly? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I think it was, you know, so work. from a, well, <laughs> Just say that. yeah, of course it, it was. was. A, right. I mean, I tell people 2018 almost killed me, hmm. you know, because I, you know, we signed up three locations that year and we figured out everything that we thought was going to work that wasn't going to work, that didn't work. Right. So everything that it was literally almost everything from vendor relationships to our IT architecture to, um, you know, you name it, it, like a lot of stuff just kind of blew up in, in my face. And it was, you know, out of the two partners, I was the one who was like, okay, well, I've got to get these guys up and running. That was the deal, you know? So I, I spent a tremendous amount of time basically just, you know, carrying three new businesses from getting started to um, to getting up and running and working through all the operational kinks and figuring everything out. Our systems, our processes, our, our support team is nowhere near, you know, was nowhere. It was, there was non-existent. It was just me and, you know, some Google documents and, um, and, and that was it, you know? So it was like, okay, well now we got to get these folks up and running. So I think, figuring out what, what we needed to have things look like and rapidly getting, you know, the, 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 the stuff that was outright broken, fixing, you know, Oh no, a vendor relationship blew up in our face. Cause you know, there was uh protected territories and we ran up against it right away. Um, you know, having to pivot and find new vendors, um, you know, it, it, it was just a lot, right? And it was really just the first seven months of, of 2018 that really kicked my butt. Uh, because after that, um, I hired my first team member, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I found a fantastic guy by the name of Jonathan Rodriguez to help me um, just administer the, uh, the bookkeeping side of the, the franchises. It was a, it was a small thing, but you know, it took a lot of weight off of my shoulders because that was just really time consuming. And then we fixed a lot of other things and started hiring other folks to join the team. Um, so I, I started to get a really clear picture of what support the franchises needed in order to get started. Um, and, and those were the areas that we focused on. Um, I mean, it, it, you'd be amazed at some of the crap that went wrong in the in the first uh, year uh, we had a software project that we were doing. We, you know, it's, it's successful now, but in the first six months of, of 2018, it was a, it was a complete cluster, you know, um, trying to manage all that my, by myself was impossible. And, and I was thinking this morning, uh, Freddie, I had this vision of, um, 
you know, that I think is, <laughs> that I think is relevant. I was like the one man band, mm-hmm. you know, these guys who like have like the <laughs> harmonica around their neck and they're, they're one foot's like playing the drum and then they're stringing the banjo and like, That's right. you know, I was terrible at that. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, I made some music, we, we got it done. And, and those offices that we opened up in the first year are doing fantastic. Right. But that was me. And then I would like, I would like slowly like hand off the harmonica to somebody else and then, you know, hand off the banjo. And then now I got somebody drumming and now we've got like a band and we're making music and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's way different than it would have been just me trying to play all the instruments by myself. So that's such a beautiful um, story. And I, I know a lot of us can relate to that. So you said, um, you said Jose Rodriguez, Jonathan, excuse me, Jonathan Rodriguez. How did he, how did you find him? Did he just fall in your lap? He did. He did. He Is just right? fell. In, you, he did. Did you I, advertise? I, I mean, I, were you I, looking at that point, or did you just walk in your door? I was starting to look, and I was I would talk to people about you know what I was doing and um, why I looked so crazy and why I was so stressed out. Um, and one of my one of my uh, employees in Jacksonville said, "Hey, my cousin." Um, is in finance and he's a, he's a really sharp guy. I think you'd, I think you'd like to meet him, you know? And I, and I did, I really, I I was hiring at that point. So I was, no, I I take it back. I was hiring Mm, and got it. And I I did post a job ad and I interviewed a couple of different people and Jonathan came to me through word of mouth. So somebody caught wind of that. I was advertising and they're like, Hey, my, my cousin, um, is is in this space and i think you might want to meet him he's he's he seems like a pretty good guy and uh he he was the 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 best candidate out of the folks that i interviewed so so many so many lessons learned just from the last five minutes that you spoke um i I mean i have a bunch of thoughts right now but you know one one is it kind of sounds like luck right but we all we all know what they say about luck luck's when preparation meets opportunity. So you were preparing the organization to hire, you knew what you needed to find, you needed, you knew what role would help pull some of that burden off of your plate. Um, and, and, and your, your people, your team knew what, what you needed to find and what kind of person would work for, for work well in the organization. So, I mean, I think that's a big, that's big. It sounds like you were lucky, but you were obviously preparing for that. And you were um, you were wanting to focus on your zone of genius instead of everything as the one man band. You needed people to take that harmonica, take that drum, and just slowly play music with you. So those are awesome less- lessons learned. One thing that I, I want to go back on very quickly um, is it sounds like even though even though you you brought on franchisees, new franchisees coming. They, in order for them to be successful quickly, they needed a really standardized, robust kind of onboarding plan. Day Mm -hmm. one, what do you do? And that's for any organization. A lot of people, lot of lots of teams forget that. And hell, I'm I'm even figuring that out myself. But you hire well, you find the right person. But if you don't start them off properly, and you don't have the systems and expectations. And KPIs, then they can get off the band bandwagon real quickly. So, what I know about Superior Fence and Rail, Zach, what I've heard is that your processes are 
off the charts. I mean, what you give to your you, what, the playbook that you give to your franchisees have that's it covers everything. Very thorough, very robust, and they're able to they they're able to 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 win business and execute on that business very quickly. Is that you want to tell me? Tell me how how you built that. Yeah, sorry. In, in the last question, I never got to the point like of like, hey, what what was what what was it that made everything so successful? I, I think it mm. was, you know, when when Chris and I started doing this, we had no idea whether it was going to work or not, right? Because mm. nobody had ever franchised successfully in the fence space, right? So we were the first ones to do it. Um, I knew of at least two other people who had tried. I'm sorry, three other people who had tried and failed. Um, so we were the first ones to really, to really do it. So we, we, we weren't sure if it was even going to work. And then when our first offices were successful, we said, okay, well, that's, that's good. So in franchising, um, from what I, from what little I know of the franchising industry, and it's, it's very little at this point, I, I know a little bit more every day, but I think that the, the success of any franchise system is, is really based on and almost entirely on the success of the franchisees, right? So if you have right. successful franchisees, they breed more franchisees who are also successful because we, you know, we had people over and over again who were um, interested in expanding and, and or, or interested in getting into the business, right? Um, but at some point, they had to talk to the people who were already in the system, right? That's called validation. So if our franchisees didn't validate well, right then then we weren't going to sell more mm. so our our initial franchisees recognized that you know while some of the stuff that we we had wasn't perfect i would do basically anything and everything within my power to make sure that we could overcome that and 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 help make sure that they had the right conditions for success and i was very 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 from uh, you know worried from day one about everybody's success. You know, Eric Stamber, our classmate from, from West Point was yeah, one of our early right. franchisees from 2018. Right. And he'll tell you, um, I, I think he'll still tell you this right now. There's, there's only one other person that he think is, thinks is more worried about his money than he is. And that's me. <laughs> and that's right. You. So I, I, I was, you know, ultra worried. Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm selling people the idea that they're going to take our business concept and be successful. Right. And early on, I didn't have 40 locations who were kicking ass and taking names so I could, so that I had that like gut level trust that this was all going to work. You know, it kept me up at nights. I, I you know, I worried about it. Mm. That, like that, that was what kept me up worrying was whether or not the, you know, the idea that we had was going to be a good one and, and that people would be successful at it. So at, after the initial offices got uh, up and running and they were successful, um, that was what bred, you know, the, the next round of expansion in 2019 and 2020 and then 2021. And as more and more people got into the system, we refined uh, our processes. We, we built a better software program and we put a better support team in place uh, so that the, the folks who are joining in right now, especially when you consider the, the extra level of support that we're getting from the links and outdoor living brands teams, um, they are getting an entirely different experience than the folks who signed up in 2018 and 2019. Um, and I think it's dramatically better. And, uh, you know, I think that's why we've been, been so successful. So, yeah, I, I, I would concur. Um, that's one last question here. Just 
in in reflecting about your past if you knowing what you know now and obviously um what resources that uh your your parent organizations bring what would you do over again in building that nucleus uh that in from the beginning if if you were there any kind of horror stories or pitfalls to avoid uh you know <laughs> One big problem that I that I saw was a big problem, um, and that I that I allowed to happen anyways was a was a relationship that we had with one of our vendors. Mm-hmm. You know, almost immediately after having the conversation and and saying like, "Hey, yeah, let's go franchise," I called one of our one of our biggest vendors for for two product lines, and I said, "Hey, I think this is going to be a problem." we're going to expand to areas where you have protected relationships with, with other folks. And so I think we need to shift out of that program and into another, into, into another channel with you um, so that we can expand freely and continue to grow with you. And um, they, they didn't allow me to do that. And so I, you know, and then that caused problems and it caused problems for the brand. I mean, folks who I had known, um, for years um, were all of a sudden mad at me because I opened in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, you know, I, I wasn't going to stay out of Raleigh because I had a vendor relationship, you know, we're going to expand our business all over the country. You know, I wasn't going to stay out of, uh, you know, Westchester PA because I have a vendor relationship there. You know what I mean? There was too many places where this vendor relationship existed. There were great fence markets that I wasn't going to stay out of. Um, but if I had been able to somehow navigate that better, I think that would have been, uh, that would have been better. I wish I could have had the magic, you know, crystal ball that would have told me exactly what team I needed to have in place. Mm. Um, so that I could have had a support team in place right away. Um, that, that would have made my life, especially in 2018, um, and early 2019, that would have made my personal life a lot better. Oh, don't um, you know, I agree. well, well, while all this was happening, Freddie, you know, I went from, uh, let's see, one kid in 2015 to four kids in 2021. So my family was growing as the business was growing. And there were plenty of times where I was like, I don't know if I've got enough bandwidth. You know, I was waking up at four o'clock in the morning, mm. you know, so I could be awake for a while before the kids woke up. And then, you know, once the kids got to bed at night, I'd be working, you know, from eight o'clock until midnight. A lot of, you know, I, I had some, I was working it at both ends. Um, so I wish I would have had a better crystal ball to understand what kind of support team I needed to have in place. Um, right. You know, I, th- I think we've got a better vision of that now. And as we, as we're expanding, it, you know, we know what hires we need to make and, and, and when we need to make them. And we've got a pretty good plan. Uh, there, but we didn't, you know, and part of it was, we just didn't know, you know, that's, we didn't see, know, you know, that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I struggle with that myself, even, you know, um, as we, as we're growing the team, I don't know what roles you need to have, like, and, and what does right look like? What is, what's a, you know, the best tactic and pr- procedure for this you you don't know that you just like you say you don't know what you don't know so you know I, I find that you have to stop trying to figure it out yourself and I'm sure I if I know you Zach you probably try to figure it out yourself 
put all that burden on yourself as you did. You suffered. You had four kids, uh, and, and you know, in the process. And but fortunately, you came out on top because uh, you're well, a strong dude. Yeah. Well, and and let me tell you, I, I one of the one of the things that I did over the years um, that helped me out tremendously with stuff like figuring out what my organization needs to look mm-hmm. like and who I need to hire. And yeah, um, I, I joined a, a group called uh, Vistage locally. Yep. Yep. So um, Vistage for those folks who don't know is a, uh, is, you know, a, a CEO networking and, and development group. So if you join a Vistage group locally, you'll, you'll team up with four or five other uh, CEOs who are in different spaces. And then, you know, You'll meet together once a month um, to go over each other's results and issues and, and talk through stuff and then have some some development time, right, with like a guest speaker or something like mm-hmm. that. And then um, the, the the Vistage group leader will then also have one-on-one sessions with you once a month um, and talk about your business in particular. Um, so I did that for a number of years, I think from primarily from 2014 to 2016 or 17. Um, I, I didn't stick with it for the long term. I know there are folks who are in my group who are still in the group and they've never gotten out of it. And then more recently I joined the Lions pride and it's, uh, you know, you know, uh, Bill Watkins and his team out of, um, where the Wyoming, um, yeah. you know, they Jackson Hole. Yeah. They, you know, it's, it's a very similar concept, but just service Academy guys. Right, so, right. you know, the guys that you're talking to are, or people that you can instantly, you know, have a, a five minute conversation with and figure out like, oh, okay, yeah, this, this, this dude, or this, this, this girl gets it. Right. Um, right. You know, I, I get you, I get you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and like I get that, you, Freddie. That, that you means, <laughs> that means the world for people just starting off and, and struggling through it. All right. So yeah, let's, the yeah. tools that they have are fantastic, you know, so yeah. I, I would recommend for anybody who's either been in business uh, for a period of time or, or they're getting ready to start a new venture to, to plan in the additional, um, the additional capital or the additional expense of, of being a part of, uh, either the Lions pride or, a, or a Vistage group or something like that. Yeah. So you can, you can have other people cause it's lonely. This is yes. a, this is a lonely endeavor. Yes, um, you know, you can only, um, you know, spend so much time with your team and relate so much of, of, of what's going on to your team. Ultimately, a lot of stuff rolls up to the top and it's, it's, you know, unless you have an echo chamber, right? It's an echo chamber and and your only your ideas and your team's ideas, it's going to fill that. And there's no outside advice. So I agree. I absolutely agree. So, so what does your, um, franchise operations as far as org structure look like now? So now we have uh, a director of operations, uh, a guy by the name of Adam Silva. He's a, a 91 grad, 93, 91 or 93. Uh, you helped me like find him, Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's an early 90s grad. Uh, so Adam's primarily responsible right now for uh, the onboarding of new offices um, and then the the training um that those that those new locations go through so he's got his hands on uh the franchisees when they when they come into the 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 um the, come into the organization right. and then right before they they get ready to to get up and running operationally 
And then we have um, we have two, uh, actually, I'm sorry, three franchise support specialists, uh, two guys that are primarily focused on helping uh, our franchisees sell and install and mm-hmm. do a little bit of the back office stuff. Um, and then one guy, uh, we actually moved Jonathan into this role. He's primarily focused on on helping them understand the purchasing processes, okay. you know, how to take a bill of materials from a customer and put that properly into our accounting software and then take action on that for ordering so that we order efficiently, right? That's where we spend all of our money is ordering product. Right. Product and labor are the two big lines there. So um, Jonathan is, is focused on helping people be super efficient w- uh, with their material usage and ordering. And then um, we have an IT support guy who's uh, primarily um, focused on our team. He's rolled up under the Outdoor Living Brands IT support team now. So they've got a whole support team uh, help desk that's out there available. So if one of our franchisees runs into problems with a, right. with an information system, they need an account set up, um, the IT support team is there to help them troubleshoot that stuff. So, so Zach, I- I'm curious how you're currently organized to continue to build your team, your organic team. Um, and, and if not, if because that's a small piece, how are you organized to build new franchise franchisee owners so so on a, on the support side we'll we'll primarily add um just just pure support roles at this point the the field support consultants are the guys who are you know like we have two of those guys right now and they're they're showing up when the franchisee um well they come into the picture when the franchisee is done completing all of their onboarding tasks so we have a a comprehensive checklist of all the things that the franchisee needs to take care of in order to start conducting business. So the franchisee Mm -hmm. support guys come in after that process is complete and say, okay, now you're set up and running. Let's tailor the catalog to your specific area. Um, You know, start selling. Let's double check your price points versus the market. Are you too aggressive? Are you, are you not aggressive enough? Um, You know, and they're, they're helping the franchisees fine tune. Okay. Now fence is going in the ground. What are the issues that you're going through? Okay. Let's solve those problems. Um, They're they're, there. And then they'll show up typically right whenever the franchisee starts installing fence um, just so they can kind of get their heads around what operational issues each franchisee is, is going through. Um, And then they're, then they're, then they're, you know, sort of walking with the franchisees over, over time. You know, the first six to 12 months is really critical for these folks getting started. Uh, so we'll continue to add headcount there um, as we as we grow. I think I've got two more positions scoped out for this year coming up. Um, and then we'll have more specialty support positions. Right. So, like, I consider Jonathan now to be a specialty support position around uh, purchasing. We'll probably have another Jonathan helping people just wrap their heads around. OK, you know am I following the correct processes for generating a purchase order to a vendor? Right. And then when they confirm it back, are we doing the right thing to make sure like, okay, nobody made any mistakes and everything was formatted correctly. It's a lot of, a lot of it's like seemingly minor stuff, but in our industry, that's the experience. Well, you know, the difference between one grade of panel and another, you know, could be the difference in profitability on a job. So um, we really want to make sure that we're getting the right orders in to the right people um, in the right format. Um, so that's, that's how we'll continue to grow. And, you know, on the, on the, you know, the franchise recruitment side, one of the things that we did after the, 
after the acquisition was bring on a company called Franchise Fastlane. And their, their sole purpose in life is to go out and recruit new franchisees for existing concepts. I, I think they have somewhere around 15 to 20 brands at any given time that they're recruiting for. So these guys have made it a science of, um, of generating qualified candidates for franchise concepts, pairing them up with the right concept, and then, and then you know, taking them through the process of discovering what the, mm-hmm. what the franchise is all about. And then, you know, and then getting to the point, getting them to the point where they decide, hey, this is a good fit or not. So they they are a fantastic team. Since we've started with them back, I think our official launch date was was in March with them. I I want to say they have uh, signed right away. Let's call it um, one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight, eight locations wow. in in three months and their pipeline is is looking great. So, uh, you know, we, we, so we've outsourced that. Yeah. Uh, So, so, you know, as a kind of recap and kind of translating this to non-franchise listeners here, um, what you, what you do really, really well, Zach, you know, for any new employee, any, any uh any new member joining your your team your family you one obviously have ex- explicit instructions and systems and processes built in and then it sounds like you have a person dedicated to ensuring that 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 newcomer understands what the expectations are and how to problem solve and troubleshoot and all of that so they're checking in regularly and then and then you know, um, Jonathan, he's the one making sure he's doing the Q, QC checks to see how their performance are, is going, and he's providing that insight. And then lastly, what you do really, really well is you found people who do whatever they need to be do, doing really well and outsourcing it to them. So you're That's finding right. this franchise pipeline and having them run with it and just giving you that talent and franchisee owner pool that you're looking for. So very cool. Um any any key roles or any key roles that you're you're looking for at the moment? Anything you want to? Yeah, I share mean, with us? at this moment in time, we're we're looking for another uh, franchise support consultant. We think we're going to have okay. somebody on board um, in October. We might have um, a candidate for that already um, out of one of our franchisees. So that's okay. you know. There's, there's been several people who are at the franchisee level who have said, hey, I, I'd love to be a part of the team one day, um, which is, you know, fantastic for, for me because I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, our franchisees are producing a great pool of folks who, who want to make it to the, the, the corporate level, so to speak. Right. So um, so we're hiring for that position right now. We, we have a, 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 a general manager role here in Jacksonville that we have available right now. Um, somebody who runs the day-to-day of our residential operations. Okay. Um, that's a, that's a pretty big role about a, I don't know, 10 to $12 million business. Um, awesome. That we're looking to, GM uh, to be, yeah. Responsible for everything going on for that location mm-hmm. on the residential side. Right. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Very good. Uh, any kind of advice you have for business owners just who are starting right now to grow that team and, and validate their product or service? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, um, you know, I've over the years I've used um, recruiting services, and and I would say, you know, I one thing one one advice or one point of advice that I would give is to, to don't be afraid to use a recruiter. Uh, don't be afraid of the ticket that a recruiter is going to, is going to uh, charge for, for finding the right person. Um, you know, if you think you can do it on your own, that's great. Uh, but don't be afraid to use a recruiter to help you find the, the right person. We've, we've got a recruiting service that we refer our franchisees to because they're all building out of their, their team initially. Um, and we, we offer them, uh, you know, a, a, a sort of non-affiliated service that, that they can use. Um, a, a lot of them use it. Some of them decide to go on their own. Um, but, mm-hmm. but make sure that those initial hires are, are the, the, you know, the exact right fit, be picky. And I know it's hard to be picky right now in the, the business environment that we're in. Um, in spite of all the macroeconomic concerns that people have, the unemployment rate's still really low, and it's projected to be really low, even if there is some sort of downturn. The, the unemployment rate's still going to be below five percent next year, and that, those are tough conditions to hire into. So, but 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 right. be as picky as you possibly can, and make sure that you you understand, you know, the type of person that you're looking for, what what skill set they need to have, and um, and even if you get a lackluster response at first, keep keep plugging away at it. Because uh, those initial hires are just so so critically important, and and recruiters can be a great resource for for helping you find the right people. Um, and then you know, like I said earlier, you know, join a networking group, uh, find some find some friends who are in business. Mm-hmm. You know, do it formally or informally. Um, I've had friends who have asked me informally just to be part of like their informal board of advisors. Um, you know, find some people that you can talk to about your business. Um, and if, if, if you can also help them with their business too, that that's great. If you can get into a networking group like that. Um, I think, I think those, those connections that you make in those groups are, are super valuable. And if you land in the right group, um, it's going to help you accelerate the growth of your business. And if you get stuck on something, you have somebody who you can call and say, Hey, I'm stuck on this. What, what do I do here? You know, what did you do? You know? Awesome. Awesome. Uh, how, how can somebody find you and reach out to you? Uh, you know, you can find me on, uh, LinkedIn, uh, or Facebook, or, uh, you can email me, uh, it's Zach, Z-A-C-H dot Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N at gmail.com. That's the easy one. Um, nice. or you can shoot me a text, uh, 904-502-4013. Man, look at you. Open book there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. It was really fun talking to you. Anything I missed during that conversation, something I uh, should have asked you about? No, man. I think that was fun. That was good. Awesome. I love it. I love it when we talk talent together. Very good. Thanks, Zach. To our, to our listeners, do us a favor and subscribe to the newsletter at the link in the show notes. You can head over to the website, millspectalent.com. Check out our job postings. But just, just remember that these aren't all the jobs we post. Uh, if it if it's if something that you're looking for is not listed, just send us your resume, apply as a candidate, and let us know what you're looking for. And perhaps we can help you connect to some new opportunities. If you enjoy the episode, reach out to us and share both the podcast and job postings with any other veteran job seekers. Go find your E team. Thanks, Zach.